The spirit of thankfulness. The spirit of thankfulness. I heard a story, and I'll just, I just want to share it with you. One Thanksgiving season, the family was seated around their table looking at the annual holiday turkey. From the oldest to the youngest, they were asked to express their thankfulness. When they came to the five-year-old in the family, he began by looking at the turkey and expressing his thanks to the turkey, saying although he had not tasted it, he knew it would be good. After the novel expression of thanksgiving, he began with a more predictable line of credits, and he thanked his mother for cooking it. He thanked his dad for bringing it home from the store. Then he went beyond that, and he joined together a whole hidden multitude of benefactors, linking them to the cause and the effect of the turkey in front of him. He said, I wanted to thank the checker at the grocery store. I wanted to thank the grocery store people who put it on the shelf. I wanted to thank the farmer who made it fat. I want to thank the man who made the feed. I want to thank those who brought the turkey to the store. And using his little mind, he traced the turkey all the way back from its origins to his plate. And at the very end, he solemnly said, did I leave anybody out? And his older brother, embarrassed by all the proceedings, said, how about God? How about God? Without missing a beat, the little boy said, I was about to get to him. I was about to get to him. Isn't that the question that we ought to ask this Thanksgiving? Should we not get to God? Someone once said that gratitude is an offering precious in the sight of God and it is one that the poorest of us can make and be not poor but richer for having made it. We're in a season of giving thanks for the many blessings we have. Amen? Psalms 100 says, be thankful unto him and to bless his name. Colossians 3 tells us, be thankful. 1 Thessalonians says, in everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus. In everything give thanks. That means in our heartache, we give thanks. In our trials, we give thanks. On our very, very worst day, we give thanks. Nobody said it was easy. Nobody said it was easy. But we are to give thanks. Because we serve a good God. Amen? Amen. We serve a good God. Now some of us will mope and complain most of our lives. But that's a choice. Some do, right? Sometimes we meet people and I call them the Eeyores of life. Right? Some days you meet people and, oh my, I suppose it'll get better later on. Right? But we make a choice. We can enjoy the journey and realize that Thanksgiving is not a feeling, but it's a spirit. Spirit of Thanksgiving. Spirit of thankfulness. We need to understand that we can get through just about anything when we're thankful, when we choose to be thankful. There's something powerful when you offer God your thanksgiving. All of us can look at a, right now we can see a hundred reasons why well, i got to start passing around tissues. Right? Right now we can all find something in our lives that like, keeps us down. I can think of four or five things right now. But then if I happen to stop and actually write it down, I can think of a lot more things to be thankful for than to moan and groan about. 
You may have a teenager that complains constantly about cleaning up the room. And it gets on your last nerve. But be thankful that they're not living on the street. Be thankful you pay taxes. Be thankful you pay taxes. It means that you're able to provide for yourself. Be thankful that within the next few days you're going to have an opportunity to vote. Come on, Bob. I figured you were going to jump on that one for sure. <laughs> in the next few days, you're going to have an opportunity to vote. Be thankful. You're not living in a dictatorship. Be thankful that your clothes fits a little snug. It means you ate today, or you will. Lots of things to be thankful for. Be thankful. I'm thankful that I was able to clean up around the house. It means I've got a house to live in. When I was working in pastoring in Fort McMurray, I met a guy we used to do a soup kitchen every Thursday. And I met a guy there one time and he used to call me preacher. I'd take the guitar and I'd go down and I'd just sing a few tunes in the soup kitchen as everybody would come in and pick up their soup. And you get a chance to rub shoulders with everybody. I knew a bit of his story. And I always say, except for the grace of God, it could be me or you. So this guy married, he used to be married to a lawyer. He had his own business in the oil field, had his own company. Had five kids. You notice I said had. Things got, things got all, you know, and over time, over time, over time, he got into a bottle, and the next thing he knows, he's living on the street. A good life. You thought about people's perspective when it comes to being thankful. And I said to him one day, we were down at the soup kitchen. I called him by name. I said, what can I do for you? He said, are you serious, preacher? I said, yeah, I'm serious. He said, what can I do for you? I said, I feel to ask you, what can I do for you? He said, I need a tent. <laughs> I said, what? He needs a tent. Yeah, yeah, he said, I, I live down by the river. So he's living out in the bush down by the river. And he said, the bylaw comes by every so often, and they tear our tents down, drive us out of it. And he said, I could use another tent. And I had this tent that we used as the family, and we didn't use it anymore. So I ran on up to the house and grabbed his tent and I headed back downtown. I walk in and he's moved somewhere else across town and I figure out where he was too. And I said, come on out. I said, I got, I got a tent for you. He looked at me and said, you serious? I said, yeah, I said, come on. I said, so I said, where's your stuff? And he had stuff spread out over in three or four parts of town. So I jumped, he jumped in the truck and we headed across town. And, and he brought me this... You know, sometimes when guys are doing constructions on big buildings, you'll see it in the city, and they'll build a little small place, more like a, a power place, just to run some power. A little concrete place, you know, six feet long by five, six feet wide, whatever it is. Just enough with a little top on it, keep the rain off, built out of concrete cinder blocks. And when he got there, here was an old mattress, a couple of blankets, and he had a little pile of stuff there. And uh, I said, you're going to take your mattress? He took his blankets, and he took a couple things he had. No, no, he said, I'm going to leave that for somebody else. He said, there's other people that use this at time to time. He said, I got a better one. So we went around the back of the building and got to this dumpster, and on the back of the dumpster there was two mattresses there. One of them was, after being in the rain, it was soaking wet. But it was one with a bit of plastic on it, and so it was half protected. So he grabbed that one. We put it aboard the truck. Along with his tent. And that was mattress and this little bag of stuff. 
And we go down, sure enough, here's this tent all shredded where the guys had tore it up. So we cleaned it all out and probably broke the logs. He's not supposed to be there. So I give him a hand to put his tent back up. All right? Put his mattress in it. And he was just as content as if he had a mansion. Thanks, Pastor. Appreciate that. The attitude of thankfulness. To be thankful. He had lots to be miserable about. He lost his family. He lost his job. He lost everything he knew that we would call. And he reverted to living in a tent. Chained to a bottle. And fighting off the cold all winter. But you know what kind of heart he had? I'll say this. And we used to go down there sometimes. And I'd pick him up. And he'd, he'd, he'd have a bunch of blankets. We'd bring blankets down. And he knew where every people where the people were sleeping in the nighttime when it get really cold to minus 40s. And he'd go around and he'd pick them out. He said, well, they, they need an extra blanket. They're going to freeze tonight. All right? Isn't that cool? Thankfulness. Thankfulness. The Apostle Peter knew what it meant. The Apostle Peter knew what it meant to be thankful. He said, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his abundant mercy has begotten us again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled that does not fade away, reserved in heaven for you, who are kept by the power of God through faith for salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. You see, that spirit of thankfulness is a personal experience. Peter was thankful He said, blessed be the God of our Father and Savior, Jesus Christ. He understood what his salvation meant. He understood what God had took him from. You know, for those of you who have given your life to Christ, you understand what it is to to be different. You've changed. I'm a different person than what I used to be. And if I kept going down the same road, except by the grace of God, I could have been like my buddy in Fort Mac. I don't know that. I don't know what life is going to throw at us. None of us do. You may say, okay, well, we can get on top of that, but you don't know that. Seriously, you don't know that. Two or three bad turns, and, and, and you could be in a position where you never, ever thought you'd be. Except by the grace of God. Except by the grace of God. Peter said, blessed be the God of our Father. He considered his salvation. And Peter's first response was to praise him, thank him. Hallelujah, blessed be our Father. Peter goes on to say, Lord, I thank you for your abundant mercy. God showed us mercy that we were yet sinners, and Christ died for us. You know, he came from a time where he realized that Gentiles, as far as they were concerned, were lost. Father, you have forgiven us. You sent your perfect sacrifice. You see, the beauty is when we turn our life to Christ, he makes us a new creation, the word says. The old things have passed away, and all, everything else has become new. I'm different from what I used to be. When we have a spirit of thankfulness, it makes it easy for us to recount God's blessing. All right? When you have that spirit of thankfulness, it makes us easy to recount God's blessing. Psalm 71 and 15 says, My mouth shall tell of your righteousness and your salvation all the day, for I do not know their limits. God is unlimitless. All the blessings he's poured out on us. When you stop and you thank God for your salvation, 
And that's where you start. When you start with your salvation, when you start with your salvation, everything else comes into focus. Isn't that truth? Everything else comes into focus. It forces us to stop. All right? You know, as soon as we start to complain, seriously, as soon as we start to complain, and you stop long enough and say, Father, thank you for salvation. Things could have been so, so different in my life. And you start to move forward. There's no limits to the things that we need to be thankful for. When you have a spirit of thankfulness, it gives us hope. It gives us hope. Peter said, God, I thank you that you have given us a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus from the dead. When we accept Jesus as our Lord and Savior, we're born again to the family of God. Amen? We're born to the family of God. Our life has eternal purpose. We have an eternal destiny. We're called to something greater, greater than we ever could be. Peter said, on top of the hope of our salvation, let us have a spirit of thankfulness because our hope is set upon an incorruptible inheritance. Verse 4 says, to an inheritance incorruptible, undefiled, that does not fade away, and reserved in heaven for us. Reserved in heaven for us. When Jesus died on that cross and raised from the dead, and also who believe in him and accept him as our Lord and Savior, we become the benefactors, amen, of who Jesus is. See, God would never give us a flawed possession or a promise. Peter defined the possession that we inherited. We are fellow heirs with Jesus. So let us be thankful that our hope is based on an inheritance that is first incorruptible. Incorruptible means it's immortal. Incorruptible means it'll never die. We have an inheritance based upon our salvation that'll never die. Amen? Amen. Peter says our inheritance is undefiled. What's going on? I'm not hitting this backwards. Peter says our inheritance is undefiled. Undefiled means pure. Pure as gold. Pure as gems. No, no, anything that defiles it is an undefiled inheritance. And it does not fade away. Our salvation does not fade away. Once you give your life to Christ, once you give your life to Christ, you have made the decision, you have automatically been inherited into God's family. God doesn't give us cheap things, church, when we're adopted into his family. He gives us good stuff, pure stuff. Costly stuff. The next part of the verse says, let us be thankful. Yes, because our inheritance never ever fades. It doesn't dwindle. It doesn't lose the power it's worth. Not like the things of this earth. I don't care how precious your car may be. At the end of the day, it's going to rust out. I don't care how pretty a home you have. At the end of the day, I saw it in Fort Mac. Mansions, mansions, mansions. All in seconds. Just fire, just swept across. Gone. People's livelihoods packed into a house. More stuff than they had time to play with. All gone in seconds. This is why scripture tells us don't be building on stuff down here. It's going to rust and fade away. Let's inherit it. Let's inherit what God has to offer. Let our inheritance be what God would have us to offer. Let us be thankful. Our inheritance is reserved in heaven. 
The last part of that verse says, our inheritance is reserved in heaven. The word reserved in the Greek means it's guarded, it's not held back, it's protected. We can come boldly into God's presence through the relationship through Jesus. I always like the scripture. It says, all is not seen nor ear have heard, nor have even entered into the heart of a man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. Think about that. Your eye, of all the wonderful things we have seen with our eyes, our eyes have not seen it. Our ears have not heard it. And even the thought of it hasn't even come into our heart. The things that God has prepared for those who love him. You know, you think about all the questions when you talk about all the questions in, in life. And you may question some things in scripture. And you wonder about this and you wonder about that. You know, you always have the questions. You ask, well, what does this mean or what does something else mean? The things that God has prepared, we haven't even thought about them. They haven't even crossed our mind. The things that God's got prepared for his church, for those who love him. And the last part of it, Peter says, You are kept by the power of God through faith for salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. God's power through the Holy Spirit keeps us, amen? It helps us endure the trials of life. Helps us have a thankful spirit when we keep our eyes on the author and the finisher of our faith. Hallelujah. I want to close with a story. And I wasn't planning on being very long. We're going to do communion this morning. But I want to listen to this. Back in the 1940s, a well-known preacher, radio broadcaster, was heard every Sunday afternoon from coast to coast. At the end of one program, he announced that he would be speaking the following Sunday on the subject of heaven. During the week, he received a letter from an elderly gentleman who was very ill. And the letter read as follows. He said, Dear Sir, I am interested in that land because I have held a clear title to some property there for over 55 years. I did not buy it. It was given to me without money and without price. But the donor purchased it for me at a tremendous sacrifice. I'm not holding it for speculation since the title is not transferable and is not a vacant lot. The great architect and builder of the universe has been building a home for me which will never be remodeled nor repaired. It will suit me perfectly, individually, and it will never grow old. Termites can never undermine its foundations for they rest on the rock of ages. Fire cannot destroy it. Floods cannot wash it away. No locks or bolts will ever be placed upon its doors. For no vicious person can ever enter that land where my dwelling stands. Now almost completed and almost ready for me to enter in and abide in peace for eternity without fear of being evicted. There is a valley of deep shadow between the place where I live on this earth and that to which I shall journey in a very short time. I cannot reach my home in that city of gold without passing through this dark valley of shadows. But I'm not afraid because Jesus, the best friend I ever had, went through the same valley long ago and drove away all its gloom. He has stuck by me through thick and thin since we first became acquainted 55 years ago. And I hold his promise in printed form, never to forsake me or to leave me alone. He will be with me as I walk through the valley of shadows, and I shall not lose my way. 
because he is with me. Spirit of thankfulness.